Hey, hey, friends, I'm super excited to introduce Rose Radford to you guys. We're going to be talking about high ticket evergreen funnels. Welcome to the Know, Like and Trust show with Brittany Gardner, the podcast where we explore the world of personal branding and how to build your know, like and trust factor up for ultimate business success. And now here's your host, Brittany Gardner. All right. I am so thrilled to be covering this because I know how much of my audience is kind of sick of the whole launch model, whether it's challenges or webinars. It just feels like go, go, go. You're only doing it a couple of times a year, but it feels like those couple times a year kind of overtake your entire life during that. And I know a lot of people don't have it in that. That launch burnout is a real thing. So we're going to be talking to Rose Radford in just a minute because you guys dreams come true, you can have a high ticket and evergreen funnel that works in the background for your business, delivering wonderful clients, gives you a fantastic income, and isn't impersonal. I know automation can feel impersonal, but we are all about authentic automation here on the No Like and Trust Show. And the way Rose is talking about permission-based DMing, having connection points all along the way, is exactly how to live the evergreen model and still have a high-ticket business in a way that works for your life. Before we dive in, Rose Radford is a business strategist and coach, TEDx speaker, and leader of a global multi-six-figure online business that helps women unlock their income potential online. Rose has made it her life's mission to financially empower women through entrepreneurship and is committed to helping 100,000 women unlock their income potential through online entrepreneurship by the year 2025. I can't wait for you guys to hear our really good conversation. We had a fantastic time. So let's dive in. All right, Rose, I am so glad to have you on the No Like and Trust show. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here. So I'm really excited about our conversation. I was really interested in the idea. And then when we first spoke last week to kind of set this all up and everything, you and I just, we meshed so well. I think we think very similarly on a lot of subjects, but you have a huge amount of expertise in an area that one, I'm interested in, and that two, I know my audience is interested in because they've told me. So I'm really excited to hear your take on having an evergreen model, not going through the I guess just the the trials and tribulations, right, of the up and downs of launching. So if you could just give us kind of a, a brief story on how you got to be where you are today, I think that'd be fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. So I sell high ticket group coaching programs on Evergreen. And often when I say that, people are like, what? <laughs> Come again? And uh, it, it's been a really interesting, I'd say 12 to 18 month journey of discovering this as being the, the way of doing business that I absolutely adore. And I've done the launch roller coaster that you mentioned. I, I've, I've played that game and I look back at my cash flow over the last 12 to 18 months and realized that when I was in launch mode, my cash flow was up and down all over the place. The one month it was 30K, another month it was three. And cash flow might not be an issue for some people, but for a lot of entrepreneurs in the online space, it can be really hard to then make commitments to pay team members, invest back in the business when you've got up and down cash flow created by a launch roller coaster. And it can also be an emotional roller coaster too. Often our emotions can be so attached to money. And then I look back at the cash flow where things are really stable, where I was doing 20K months in pounds, which is about 30K in dollars, really consistently. And I realized, hang on a minute, what was I doing then? I was doing evergreen marketing and selling high ticket group coaching programs on evergreen. 
And for me right now, um, high ticket is £12,000, which is about $16,000. And just being able to sign one new client a week can be life-changing for a lot of people in their businesses. And I like to aim between one and five new clients a week. And we have a lot of flow in that way now. We both have a, we have a high ticket offer and a, and a low ticket offer. And they work together really well, just using evergreen marketing. I might launch at some point if I fancy it, but I will not be dependent on launching to make sales and, and decent revenue in my business anymore because the evergreen way is just so much more flowy. I like to think it's more of a feminine way of doing business as well, which I really enjoy. And so, yeah, I'm a big advocate now for high ticket coaching on Evergreen, even though people feel as though it's not possible, we've been able to prove that it is. So one of the reasons I'm so interested in this conversation is because I feel like in my own business and really just the world in which I live, I'm fighting a bit of an uphill battle on the education around automation because it can have a bit of a skeevy reputation for lack of better word, right? And you and I did not create that reputation, right? Like we've been above board. We do things ethically and, and we come at it from a good place with good motivation. But, you know, a lot of other people maybe didn't have that same ethical line. And now it's kind of on us. The onus is on us to educate around how automation can provide you as a, a business owner an easier way to gain clients, but also do it in a way that feels good, right? Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things I didn't want to do with having a very evergreen model is to just rely on automation that then felt very impersonal. And if anything that we don't need right now as a as a species on this planet that's been at home for the last 18 months, the last thing we don't need is more impersonal stuff. We, we're craving more connection with people. So I've ended up testing and I'd like to think pioneering almost some of the more personalized way of doing evergreen things like following up in the Instagram DMs when people provide their Instagram handle as they sign up to our evergreen webinar. And that's been really powerful in doing a lot of things such as increasing conversion, as well as allowing us to get to know my audience way faster. And that builds a lot of connection. It shows that I actually care that I haven't just entered my funnel and now I'm trying to sell them something. We often ask questions around like what's going on for you right now what are you working towards what are you struggling with we'll send them free resources sometimes we've got something on hand and that's such a nice way of nurturing an audience and I don't have a big audience I have a very modest sized audience so building that connection feels great now a lot of people say okay that's not scalable to be messaging people on Instagram well do you have to have an infinitely scalable business if you want to reach seven figures no not when you've got a high ticket model in place so actually building those relationships in somewhere like the DMs is really, really powerful. The other thing I'll say is that the more we're in the DMs, the more we're able to see whether the messaging on the front end with our ads and our landing pages is bringing in the right people on the back end. We made a big change last week because we realized we were pulling in the wrong people. Like, oh, hang on a minute. We changed the targeting and that skewed us massively. So having that feedback has been really nice to make changes much faster. I like that you're mentioning that close and timely feedback, right? Because one of the things that the launch model as a whole really falls down on is if you're only launching, you know, three times a year or whatnot, that's only three times for you to really make messaging changes. And making a messaging change mid-launch is probably the most stressful thing I can think of. So, you know, being able to have that feedback is is obviously really helpful. But I feel like it's 
it's affirming on both sides, right? So you found out that you guys changed some ad targeting and it was delivering the kind of people that just aren't going to be best served by what, what you have in the marketplace, right? So you're not just changing the messaging so that you get the right people. You're changing it so that you're not wasting time of people who have better offers elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. I found myself sending people in the DMs to somebody else. I'm like, I'm in a minute, it's not working. I mean, that's not a good long-term strategy, obviously. No, not at all. <laughs> I'm sure somebody else was very, very pleased for that yeah, week. They really enjoyed that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're talking about like, right, high ticket coaching programs. You know, you're saying it's about 16,000 US, 12,000 pounds British. And I mean, that's that's a good chunk of change. And typically, most advice out there in our world is going to say that's the kind of thing that shouldn't be evergreen. That's the kind of thing that should be done differently. And yet you're finding great success by having, yes, the evergreen model, but pairing it with that close personal you know, attention from you, not from some random team member or some some random bot even. Yeah, absolutely. I love it when people are saying you should be doing this and then you're off doing something else. Like, well, this is working over here. Um, And it just goes to show that we get to build businesses in ways that really serve us. And if the launch model really doesn't work, there is an alternative way of bringing great clients into your business. I've ended up working with a lot of mums. I'm not a mum myself yet. But the evergreen model has really attracted mums into um, my audience and into my programs because they can see how that works with family life a lot more. And they're realizing that they can still sell programs for 5K and 10K and more, even without launching. So it's really nice for them to know that there is a different way of doing things. So with that, because obviously I'm a mother, anyone who's listened to the show before has heard me say plenty of times, I work no more than 20 hours a week. So the launch model is very difficult for someone like me to embrace. Obviously, there's a reason I'm having you on this on this episode. But one of the biggest caveats, in my view, at least for for the model that you're talking about, is if you don't book a client in this next week, and you're like, well, it's only one week, it's no big deal. And then you know, you don't book a client in the next week. And then that stacks up to three or four or five. Suddenly you've gone a, a month without any income and you're kind of just back to that, you know, roller coaster of cash flow. So so how do you handle things like that? How do you, first of all, teach around it, but how do you handle it in your own business? Yeah, absolutely. So we've been signing at least one new client every week for over 20 weeks now. So we've got a lot of systems in place that allow us to focus on doing the things that bring the results in. So growing our email list is key at the moment and then growing one social media platform, which is Instagram for us and focusing our energy and efforts on there and not spreading ourselves too thin. And if I feel as though there's not enough um, sales-based conversations coming in and calls coming in, I'll have certain, let's say tactics, certain strategies in place to be able to say, right, let's generate some more conversations. It might be emailing my list a really short email saying hey I'm looking for a specific number of women who want to create this specific result if that's you just drop me a a message or apply to this email and I'll share the details with you and it's a great way of generating more conversations because sales sales is a contact sport I think sometimes it's easy to forget that and that contact does not include contact with yourself (laughs) so if we're not signing the clients that we want to we've got to make more contact and that's conversations whether it's in the dms on calls or or anywhere really and so I will do things like I'll jump on live and I've now developed a way in which when I go live we end up with an inquiry into my Instagram dms now, sometimes I'll get a little bit, dare I say, cocky, and I don't follow my own method 
with going live and we don't end up with an inquiry in the inbox I'm like oh I should have just gone back to my method of doing this so I'll, I'll do things like that I'll go live a little bit more and just generate those conversations but knowing what works for you your energy your style of being your clients is really important to then know how to generate those conversations when you're thinking actually I haven't signed a client in the last couple of weeks I need to do something about it Okay, so that's a really good point. So you've got kind of a framework, right? So you have various different methods, if you want to call them that, of increasing visibility and increasing awareness. Those methods typically lead to a certain number of sales conversations in the DMs. And then from there, you're going on to book at least one client a week. And obviously, at the rates that you're talking about, that's a very healthy income for well, almost anyone. I'd be hard pressed to figure out someone in my world who wouldn't be okay with that income. So when you were developing this whole system, right? You've done the challenges, you've done the webinars, you've done all the different kinds of launches. I assume all the different kinds. Yeah, definitely. Tick all the boxes. <laughs> when you were developing this and you looked at your data and you're like, okay, the the times I felt best, we were in some sort of evergreen promotion period. How did you go from that point to figuring out these methods and strategies that are actively leading to sales conversations. What I'm really trying to get at here is a lot of the programs I've seen online, a lot of the coaching, and certainly a lot of the free content, which may or may not be true, of course, that I've seen online, it talks about, oh, you just do this. And then, you know, the sales calls, they just appear. And I look at that from the strategic, critical, challenger point of view as I look at most things. And I'm like, yeah, so things don't typically just appear. I mean, we're not sugar ants, you know, following a sugar trail, right? But so much of the things out there are like, well, you just do this and then everything else just kind of happens. Where are the dots here that are connecting that place where you had the realization to where you are right now? Yeah. Okay. So it definitely requires an ecosystem in my eyes. So for me in my business and what I also teach clients and help them figure out what works for them, it looks like things like problem awareness content. So really increasing the awareness of your client's problem in, in your written content, typically belief shifting live streams. So really being able to move people down that buyer decision-making process when you're going live and you're talking to a belief that you know is in your ideal client's mind and then be able to unravel that a little bit for them and share a new perspective, which then moves them down towards wanting to work with you, if that's the right fit for them. Having our email list grow every single day and doing that with the Evergreen webinar funnel, we do run ads, um, but we do it profitably, which is really important to say, because I think people get very scared about the idea of going Evergreen, having a webinar funnel, thinking, oh crap, I've got to spend thousands on ads now. And no, it's scaled in a way that's really profitable. I, I assume your audience probably know that, but just in case anybody's scared about using ads, you do it in a way that's profitable, okay? You put $100 in, you get $1,000 back. So yeah, I'd say it's an ecosystem. Now to answer your question around how did I go from realizing, okay, evergreen's what we want to do. Now let's go fully evergreen. To begin with, there was a bit of testing to be done on the webinar storyline. I do live webinars um, or masterclasses, whatever you want to call them. I typically did them every other month previously. And I found I wasn't getting the conversion that I wanted to on them. That just something wasn't landing. So I decided to ditch the other storylines that I'd learned from people like Russell Brunson or other people that we've probably heard of in the online marketing space and thought, sod it. I'm going to design my own storyline around a webinar that I feel is going to really speak to my other client and leverage both the belief shifting stuff that I do in the live streams and core messaging. 
And we ended up with a fantastic conversion rate on that. I was like, great, we're turning that one evergreen then. For, for some people, they have to do a few goes around the block with the webinar to figure out, okay, this is what's actually converting now. For others, you hit it out the, straight out of the park the first time. I like to test a couple of times anyway. And then we turned that evergreen and started building out the rest of the funnel from there. And one of the things that I really like about being evergreen that's different to launching is being able to make one change every week and having 12 weeks or more of those one incremental changes, it just puts you in a completely different place 12 weeks later where the coach that is launching is going to be testing their strategy, as you said, every couple of months and not really getting much chance to see whether it's working or not, maybe changing the messaging haphazardly in the launch. So yeah, I like the fact that we get to make those incremental changes in the evergreen approach. I love the what, what you just said. So, you know, 12 weeks of small changes, you know, one change each week, because I'm a big believer in the, you know, 1% better everyday kind of idea and model, right? And I don't remember the exact numbers. I think it's like if you do 1% better each day for a year, you end up like 330. I don't even remember what it ends up being. It's 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 a crazy high number. And you're like, can I even be more than 100% better than I am today? Is that like mentally a thing? But you're giving a 12-week framework and 12 weeks is totally doable for anybody, especially if you're like, okay, this week I test this, next week I test that, next week we're going to move on to this other area. And then I assume you can probably start retesting some of them if you so desire. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, it takes a bit of self-discipline to know you're only going to change one thing a week, because we often like to change three or five, particularly if you're in your funnel and you, you really enjoy being in ads and you enjoy marketing, you're probably going to want to change lots of things in one go. I've had to really learn like, one, one a week, then track the entire data. Sunday afternoon is my day to day. <laughs> so like, right, now I know what I'm changing for the week ahead. And that feels really good to me to be able to track that improvement over time. So what kind of team is required to run this kind of operation? I mean, automation always is going to have a lot of moving parts. But you know, you're talking about spending a fair amount of time in Instagram DMs. That's that's a one on one time thing. Like that's not something that you can really outsource. Well, in my opinion, at least to the, the personalized level that you and I are talking about. We're talking about so many different moving pieces. And I'm very good at managing a lot of moving pieces, but even I can't manage all of those moving pieces, even for one funnel. Yeah, I have somebody who does two hours a day in my DMs right now. She has certain language and, and scripts that say that I've given her and she has great conversational aptitude. That's the important thing, somebody in the DMs with you. And she will go and follow up with new followers. She'll go say hi and then she'll flag people to me that are worth me dropping a voice note to and things like that. It's a bit of a tag team effort. I probably spend half an hour, maybe maximum an hour a day in the DMs if required, if it's super busy. I'm not typically at the weekends unless I've got nothing else better to do. <laughs> so yeah, it's very manageable and having somebody just do two hours a day makes a huge dent on, on the DM volume. And then in terms of the funnel itself, and this is a really interesting question, right? Because I have been working with a marketing agency over the, next couple, over the last couple of months and I'm leaving the agency end of this month. And I found that I was doing a lot of the legwork myself and the assets that I was creating. So the ad creatives, the landing pages were doing really well and better than some of the ads and the creatives that they were creating. And I was like, actually, I'm not going an ROI here. Yeah. <laughs> so as an example, I created a, an infographic that did really well on my Instagram account. I thought, oh, let's put that on ad. Let's see what happens. It was smashing out the park. We then had the agency create 12 or more new creatives to see whether we can beat that infographic I made. Still can't beat it like weeks and weeks later. So actually, 
I need to trust myself a little bit more with this. I think it's really important to be able to empower yourself as an online entrepreneur with the knowledge to know whether the ad targeting is a little bit off or to know what to look for on a landing page and how you might be able to tweak the conversion of it to think okay that my that's my messaging right now how can I create an ad creative around that and yeah it creates it it does require a bit more time but I, I'm a big fan of having experts don't get me wrong working with me and then teaching me things but I've just found the investment in the marketing agency hasn't had the ROI that I really wanted so we might try again with another agency I'm not sure but I'm looking forward to taking it back on my plate for a few more months to see what happens um, and then go from there and it's interesting because a lot of people will say to me but could I when, when they're considering working with me but could I just get an agency to do this and I said come and do it first yourself let's learn the pieces then when you hire the agency, you'll know why things are going a bit awry and you'll be able to either fix it yourself or redirect them and you'll be able to get better results from a marketing agency from that place. So you actually just answered the question I was going to ask you, which is whether you would consider an agency again in the future. And I asked that from a curiosity point of view because I'm a big believer, as you are, it sounds like, in learning how to do something yourself first maybe not at a full mastery level, but at least knowing the whys of how certain decisions are being made. Like, how do you know if a marketing agency is doing a good job if you don't know the mechanics of what they're doing, right? And obviously, I mean, you've found that you have a pretty good idea on the messaging that's working. And, you know, they're not able to beat your own controls, which is a a huge win for you, by the way. (laughs) But, you know, that amount of work, I'm curious to see a few months down the road, whether you'll be in a place where you're like, no, I really don't want to have all of this back on my plate. I do want someone taking care of at least the execution of it, if not the strategy. I think that's the thing. Yeah, it's the execution piece, which takes time. Loading the creatives up in the ads manager, getting the thing launched, being able to track all the data. Like, There's a lot of pieces that actually I could probably give to somebody that I could either train up or somebody doesn't, doesn't need to be a whole agency. So yeah, I probably will end up back with with more support in that area, but I'm looking forward to having it back on my plate for for a short term amount anyway. It'll be fun to see. I'm kind of curious now. (laughs) See, I'll let you know. (laughs) So is there anything else that you feel has been integral to you making this transition, it going well for you and, you know, now teaching other people how to do this as well? Yeah, absolutely. There's also limiting beliefs that hold people back from making this leap into high take on Evergreen. One of the biggest and I find most interesting is the belief that people need to have a deadline, like a launch deadline, to be able to say yes to themselves and invest in your coaching program or whatever it is that you're selling. And uh, I had a client that said this to me and then, and then joined my program. I was like, this is fascinating. So if you're following people, let's say James Wedmore or Manifestation Babe or some of the big people that do million or dollar or more launches, you're going to believe that you've got to launch and give people a deadline because that's just what you're seeing. I found that actually the high ticket client mentality doesn't require a, to be honest, sometimes fake deadline to make a decision. And instead, they're more empowered in the decision making process. They know they want to invest in the thing. It might not be a now thing, thing for them. And in that situation, what we do is say, put a deposit down, get started next month, go on your vacation, go and do the thing that you want to go do in the next few weeks. And we'll get you started later on rather than um, a deadline being required to get them to make a decision. So, yeah, that's been my experience from a high ticket client mentality perspective that they don't need what can sometimes be fake deadlines to get them to make a decision. They really need to be supported in making that decision for themselves and finding out what the best timing is for them to get started. I could not agree more. (laughs) I am 
Not a fan of deadline funnels. I don't personally respond well to that. I like to take time to, you know, think about things that I'm doing. And I would like to say that it's all from being financially sound and, you know, all of that. But most of the time, it's just that I, I generally find I don't think clearly when I see numbers counting down at me. And it's not just a business thing, right? My husband and I were considering buying a house a couple months ago, but the market by us is like ridiculous right now. And every time we found one that we felt we liked, that would fit our needs, the real estate agent was like, oh, and um, the offer acceptance deadline is at midnight tonight. And I was like, no, I'm not going to buy like this. So we were like, we'll just do it next year. We're fine. We're fine where we are, you know? But I feel like, you know, that kind of pressure people, well, some people will stand for it in their personal life, but a lot of people won't stand for that in their personal life. But then when it comes to online business, it seems like that's all people are willing to do. And and from an eth- ethical point of view, from for me at least, it's not the kind of business I want to be part of. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think people are getting really wise to it. They know that there's this deadline of, let's say, 24 hours, a deadline, a deadline funnel. They're like, I could just go back for your funnel and end it with another lot of 24 hours to, to, to make a decision by. The audience, I think, that in the online space, are just, yeah, we're getting more and more used to it and responding probably a lot less to it. I'd also say that if somebody's made a decision in that like last minute, like, oh crap, I'm not sure what to make decisions to make, and they say yes, they're going to have, they're going to, I believe, a likely, a higher likelihood of having that buyer's remorse feeling. We don't want that. No, we definitely do not want that. (laughs) Rose, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for just being open and, and answering all the questions, but also just showing our audience that that you can run your business in a way that feels good for you, that works with your lifestyle. And just because other people say, no, no, this is the only way it works, doesn't mean you actually have to listen to them. <laughs> yes, absolutely. It gets to be different. It gets to be a way, you get to run your business in a way that feels good to you. And there are more options than just launching if that doesn't serve you. Yeah. So if someone really wanted to learn more about this way of doing business, how could they find out more? Yeah, so the best place to head to would be roseradford.com slash step up, so all one word. And that's going to send you straight to my evergreen webinar funnel. So you get to experience that one. And there's a really great short training there all about high ticket group coaching programs, what that looks like, which isn't something we've dived into much today. So if you've got questions around what does high ticket actually looks like like in a group coaching program, go there. And then also the evergreen element of, of it as well. And if you've got questions for me after listening, to this just come and hang out on on instagram with me so i'm at i am rose radford and yeah drop me a message and i'll drop your voice note back perfect rose thank you so much thank you for having me it's been great thank you once again to rose i really enjoyed this conversation i love the give and take and i love how open she was to every question i asked we didn't talk a whole lot about actually what is in her program. So if you want to find more about that, you'll want to hop on over to her Instagram or to her website as she's discussed. And from there, just feel free. Go through her funnel. See how it feels. I have done it. And you guys, what she is talking about, she is walking the walk. So go check it out and we will see you next week. Next week.